Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Friday, January the 6th, 2023, at 11.05 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, basketball and disappointment, basketball and disappointment, because yesterday I experienced a little bit of basketball and I saw a whole lot of disappointment. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But let's first get a definition of disappointment. Are you ready? Let's give get a definition of disappointment. Disappointment is defined as sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment, I think that's a very important word here, non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. When you have a hope that something is going to be a certain way and it doesn't fulfill that hope. In other words, it doesn't live up to how you thought it was going to be. Well, you're going to be disappointed. If you have an expectation, if you have a hope and that expectation is not fulfilled, you will experience disappointment. And I think you know this. In life, (laughs) there is constant disappointment. Let me just give you an example right here. I just went live right? And my expectation, my hope is I was going to have a perfect broadcast, that I would not stumble over one word, that everything in the intro from where I started it, where I came in and said, good morning, everyone. Here's your today's focus for, you know, Friday, January the 6th. Everything would be perfect. Everything would be great because that's my expectation. That's my hope. That's kind of what my, I, I demand for myself is that every broadcast will be perfect. And if you've been, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that there's never been one perfect broadcast. So there's always a little bit of disappointment there. But let me give you an example right here. I went live. Do you hear that? Do you hear that sound? I don't know if the microphone can pull this up, but I left the space heater on and I should not have left the space heater on. So now I am already disappointed that I left that on. So here in this broadcast, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm walking. I'm walking. Now I've turned that off. I've turned that off. So I've I've taken care of the thing that was, well, getting in the way of me fulfilling what I wanted this broadcast to be. But you know what? It doesn't matter now. See, even though that I've gotten rid of the very thing that was causing the disappointment, it's already occurred. It already happened. It already messed up this episode. So no matter what I say from this point forward, immediately when this is over, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and I'm going to hit play and I'm going to listen to it. And I'm going to say, oh, wait, I can hear it. I can hear it in the background. And I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to be tempted to delete this episode and do it again simply so that I can remove the thing that was causing my disappointment. In this particular case, it was one object making just a little bit of noise 
that in my mind was going to be picked up by the microphone. So from that point, I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't focus on whether I, am I saying the words the correct way? Wait, is this an important topic? No, I was focused on the one thing that was messing up my expectations. And as a result, I was feeling disappointed as soon as I started. And I'm going to be disappointed when this is over. You see how something small can create disappointment. All all it takes is you have an expectation. You have a hope. You You have a picture of what it's going to be, what it's supposed to be. And then before you know it, boom, disappointment occurs. Because one little thing goes wrong. Now, there is a real-time example. Let me take you to yesterday. At about 12.10 p.m., a car pulled up in my driveway. I got in that car, and we drove to Dallas, Texas, to the American Airlines Center to watch the Dallas Mavericks play the Boston Celtics. Now, before we got to the game... We stopped at what, In-N-Out Burger, and let me tell you, In-N-Out Burger did not disappoint. It was amazing. It was great. The burger was great. The fries was great. Everything was great. It was, uh, so In-N-Out Burger did not disappoint. It was, it exceeded expectations. It was, in fact, I wanted to just stay there, but no, no, no. So after In-N-Out Burger, we made our way to the American Airlines Center. Now, it took us forever to find the correct parking garage, and we drove in circles forever, but finally we found it parked, walked into the American Airlines Center and found our seats. Seats were good. There was nothing to be disappointed about our seats. It was great. Everything was wonderful. Lots of excitement in the air. The the place was packed. The the Dallas Mavericks, one of the hottest teams in the NBA currently, was going after the the Boston Celtics, which has been a great team. And they made it, you know, both teams made it to the playoffs last year. So there was all this excitement and and there was lots of Boston fans and there was Dallas fans and, and there was a lot of trash talk going back and forth. And there was just excitement. There was fun. So the expectation was this is going to be a competitive game. It's going to be close. It's going to be dramatic. Maybe we'll get that, you know, at the end of the game, that last shot, you know, a buzzer beatered and it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. And, and, and for me, I didn't really care who won the game. I just wanted a close competitive game to make it dramatic, that it would be exciting. Well, the game, I brought about when the game started. Right behind us, there came a group, like three, I think three guys. They were clearly Dallas Mavericks fans. And then, so they were just a couple of seats down from us, behind us. And then there were three guys who came in, sat right next to them, who were clearly Boston Celtics fans. (laughs) Oh, man. And the game started. And to say that Dallas played poorly would be an understatement. It was horrible. It was just horrible. Uh, they, I mean, they, they, I don't think they could do anything right. I mean, and I don't think they had the lead one time in the entire game. It was an absolute, just, they got, Dallas got destroyed. But as soon as the game started, the Dallas fans behind us, the three guys, and the three Boston fans, three guys, they started having, you know, some trash talk back and forth. And it started off kind of just fun and humorous. And those of us in, in the row that we were sitting at, some of us would look back and kind of laugh and acknowledge, thinking, okay, just some, you know, just nice trash talk. It's it's okay. It's it's okay. Oh, but it it didn't stay okay. As the game proceeded, the Boston fans became just 
I mean, obnoxious would not even be the word. They were just rude and just would not. It just kept getting louder and louder. And they kept yelling at the, I mean, like literally screaming at the Dallas fans. Tell me the score. Tell me the score. Like they wanted the Dallas fans to admit what the score was. And he said, look at the score. And they just kept yelling, look at the score. Look at the score. Come on, tell me, tell me, what is the score? Tell me. And it, it, and it, it was like, it was almost becoming like, it was way over aggressive. And it was just yelling and just screaming. And it was just, I mean, it, I was, oh, it, be, after a while, it was just like, please, man, just stop. Okay, great. Your team is winning. I, I don't have a team here. I don't care. But could you just stop? But it would get louder and louder and louder. And it, and it just got worse and worse and worse because it became obvious Dallas wasn't going to win and he could just talk all the trash he wanted. And it, and it stopped. It, no, it went from just not fun to just obnoxious and just, oh, it was just horrible. And finally, before the game was over, the Dallas fans, the, some of those three guys, they kind of got up and walked away. And you could just see on their face complete disappointment. It was, it was almost like they took it personal that their team lost and the, and the, and the Boston fans were just, it was just, it was just ridiculous the way the whole thing went down. And I, I just, oh, I, I couldn't stand it. But when, when the game was over and you saw some of the Dallas fans, there were Boston fans running around yelling and screaming and saying, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that Dallas fan? Just like, it was just ridiculous. Like a little, little kids on the playground, you know? And, um, but you could just see the disappointment. You could just see that disappointment that these fans paid money, came to this game with a hope, with an expectation that their team was going to win and their team lost. And now they were clearly, there was displeasure, there was sadness, there was disappointment caused by a non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. All right, so I'm giving you two examples. One, I had an expectation and a hope for this broadcast and a little space heater that I left on messed everything up. For others that had hopes and expectations when they arrived at a basketball game that it was going to go a certain way and it didn't go that way. It didn't go, and they were disappointed. That's great. Those, those are insignificant examples. But it got me thinking last night about the Christian life. In your Christian life, do you have a solid biblical theology of disappointment? When the disappointments hit you in life, how do you handle them as a Christian? And listen, oh, this is very important. Listen to what I'm about to say. Have you experienced disappointment with Christianity itself? Have you experienced disappointment? And maybe we're not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Have you experienced disappointment with God? Have you found yourself, okay, I became a Christian and I'm just disappointed by this whole Christian thing. I'm disappointed. Have you been disappointed by the church? Have you been disappointed by other Christians? When it comes to your Christian life, how much has disappointment factored in and had detrimental impact on your spiritual life simply because you did not have a theology of disappointment? If you were to, if you were to sit down and talk to a new believer, 
about, hey, now you're a Christian, and now about church and the Christian life, would you talk to them about how, look, you are going to experience times of disappointment, and here's how you are to look at it theologically and biblically? What would you tell them? Just to show you how I don't think Christianity really has a solid theology of disappointment, here's what I did. I looked up disappointment. And then I immediately grabbed, uh, went to another, uh, opened up another window, and I tapped, uh, typed in Bible verses on disappointment. Bible verses on disappointment. And I just went with the very first one that I found. And it was, it, it was uh, from BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com. And it says this, Bible verses about disappointment. What does the Bible say about disappointment? Discover the top Bible verses about disappointment from the Old and New Testament. Read through the biblical references of disappointment to learn more about its meaning and significance. May you find some insight from these related scripture quotes. So here's what they, they are going to give us the best verses to supposedly give us insight and to help us with disappointment from a biblical perspective. And I was excited. I'm like, I wonder what they're going to give us. Well, you know the first one, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things worked, and I'm going to quote it the way they have it written. I was going to quote from the King James from memory, but I'll just quote what they have written. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I purposely, I perf, hey, I don't purposely, I, I believe, I believe specifically that the good here that's being referenced is the good of salvation, that the good here is, is, is referencing salvation, that all things work together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose, and that it's a reference that how God uses things ultimately for our salvation. Okay, so I don't know, because some people read this like, hey, 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 you're disappointed now. Hey, God's going to take this disappointment and he's going to turn it out for your good and some kind of a practical good. And I don't, I don't, I, I have problems with that. But then the next one really bothered me. All right. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, if you heard yesterday's today's focus, once again, this is Christians stealing pronouns. When it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. That is not for, that's not me. That's not you. That's not your family. That's not your church. That is referring to those who are coming out of Babylonian captivity. That's, that's a specific reference. So I don't know what, what is that supposed to teach me about disappointment? That in Judah's case, they were disappointed to find themselves in Babylonian captivity, but they were going to be brought back from Babylonian captivity and God was going to have blessings for them. I, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do that. Then they have Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know if, I don't know, does that, does that help you with disappointment? Maybe, maybe it's supposed to help me with being anxious and, and, and worry. I, I don't know where that's supposed to help. Um, they have Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. I, 
I don't think that's I, I don't think that's brokenhearted and crushed in spirit has anything to do with disappointment. I don't know. Then it, they quote Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So I guess maybe that this would tell me that when I'm disappointed, I just wait. And then God's going to, I, I don't know, give me strength. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't know if that's very helpful. Um, Psalm 42, 11, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And they go through and they offer some other verses here. None of them really, I feel, specifically deals with disappointment. I, I don't know if they, if any of these really are super helpful, and many of them are ripped so far out of context. So here is my challenge for you today, all right? Challenge number one, all right? Or here's... Here's what I want you to focus on today. So I'm, I'm going to kind of give you homework. I would like for you to try to find five Bible verses that are understood properly in their context. Five Bible verses that you think are helpful in dealing with feelings of disappointment. Now, make sure you're not ripping verses out of context. Make sure you're not stealing pronouns, right? Make sure they, they, they are applicable to us. I would like you to come up with five verses that you think, if you were trying to disciple someone like, hey, in the Christian life, you're going to face disappointment. Disappointment's on its way. Here are five verses to, to memorize. Here are five verses to keep in a journal that whenever you're feeling disappointment, you will look these up. What five would you suggest? What five? Now, I don't know if I had five verses, right? Right now in a journal, like I, if I have a journal right here, I don't know where my journal is. It's way over there. I can't reach it. But if I was to grab my journal and go to the five verses, would those five verses help me with the disappointment that I experienced right here in this broadcast, that I started this broadcast, all wanting it to be perfect and immediately realize I left off, left on something that was going to make noise that this microphone could possibly pick up. And then I was preoccupied with that. And I probably stumbled over my words in my introduction because I was going, wait, we're live and that, and I, there's no one in the room that I could be like, you know, point, turn that off, turn that. No, no, no. I just had to sit there going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I know what I'll do. I'll use it as an illustration about disappointment because clearly I'm not happy with it. But it would, would a Bible verse make that go away? Well, if I would, if I, if there, was there be a, would there be a Bible verse right now that I could read and go, Hey, you know what? I, I didn't, I messed up a little bit here in this uh, episode. I went longer than I wanted to, but it's okay because this Bible verse makes all of my disappointment go, go away. I don't know if that would be, I don't know if there's a Bible verse that would help. I'm just being honest. I, I, I'm just being honest. I don't know. I don't know if it would or, or if it wouldn't. I, I, don't, I don't know. And now I'm getting disappointed because for some weird reason, <laughs> Uh, we, the, uh, the church one app just sent out another notification that we just went live. So I don't know if we lost signal. I don't know. So see, now I'm getting disappointed again. 
Now, why, why did that just happen? I have no idea why that just happened. That's something we're going to have to test and see why that's occurring. So see, now something else just caused disappointment. So disappointment and how it started. Now I'm getting to the end of the broadcast. And for some weird reason, now the, there's nothing here that should say that it should send out another notification. The numbers are saying consistent. So I don't know. I don't know what just happened. So see, now I got to figure that out. Something else just caused disappointment. So the beginning of the broadcast, the end of the broadcast, I'm looking at the time. I'm gone longer than 15 minutes. Something else to cause disappointment. So by the time this broadcast is over, okay, all right. So someone said they got the extra alert, but nothing is wrong. Okay, good. All right, good. Um, that, that's, that's good. Hopefully nothing went wrong on the, on the Church One app. So thank you very much. But once again, that's going to cause disappointment. Now, I don't know if you, if you, if I had five Bible verses, I'd be like, you know, hey, all things work together for good. That would have nothing to do with this. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, that, that's a good way of looking at it. Hey, don't be disappointed. It was just reminding people what they need to be doing. They need to be listening to you. Okay. Right. Well, I, that, that that's a, that's a positive way of looking at it. But, uh, but see, all things work together for good. I, I, I don't think. Hey, I know the plans. I, obviously, Jeremiah 29 would have no help. I don't, know, I don't know if any of the verses that they gave in that article would be of any significance. So I, sometimes I like to be honest because so many times Christians are like, oh, whenever you're feeling this, read this Bible verse. And sometimes I'm like, did that really help? I don't know if there would be a Bible verse to help. But here's what I want us to focus on. All right. So number one, I want you to come up with five Bible verses. Even though I'm, I'm calling them into question of how, of what they would ultimately do. I, I still want us to try to find the five best Bible verses that we could come up with to help someone with disappointment. But here's the real thing. It seems the, the cause of disappointment is our expectation, right? In other words, I'm disappointed because I had a hope. I had an expectation that something was going to be a certain way. Now, typically in life, we have a hope or an expectation, and sometimes we have to ask ourselves, is that a real is that is that a realistic hope or expectation to have? Am I setting myself up for disappointment because I'm having the wrong hope or expectation? All right, we, we can try to manage that in life. But when it comes to Christianity, here's what I want you. I want you to come up with five Bible verses, but here's what I really want you to do. In what ways has the church and what ways has Christianity sold false hope and false expectation to Christians and in a sense sets them up for disappointment? Because I believe the way ch the church and Christianity sells Christianity, it's almost like a marketing campaign. And we always sell it like you become a Christian and, and then we give the, like all of these expectations of how this, it's going to be this way. And then if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you realize that all of that stuff that was sold you, it does not become your experience. So I want us five verses that would possibly help with expectations, right? Maybe we need to find five verses that give a more accurate picture of what the Christian life actually looks like. Maybe those would be verses that would be more helpful with disappointment. I think our, I think in our minds, we're like, I'm going to find a verse that I think will, will offer comfort and disappointment. But I think we need to find verses that give a more accurate picture of what the Christian life looks like. 
Because if we had a more accurate understanding of what to expect in the Christian life, then we wouldn't be set up for disappointment. Right. So I want I want us to ask, so I want us to come up with five verses. I'm now kind of challenging you maybe what kind of verses you're looking for. But then number two, I want you to just think about all the ways Christianity sells a false expectation and a false hope that leads to disappointment. And I'll stop right there. All right, you can contact me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. This broadcast today has been filled with lots of things to cause disappointment because it did not go according to my hope or my expectation. Now, is it wrong to have hope and expectation? I don't think it's wrong to want your broadcast to be as perfect as it can be. Some things are out of my control. I have no idea why this software decided to send out another notification to the Church One users. I have no idea why that occurred. I'm looking at the numbers. Nothing is turning red, so I don't know. So I can have certain hope and expectations. I think that's okay. And I, and I think this is important. Is it, even, is it wrong to ever experience disappointment? Or is disappointment just a normal experience as a human we're going to have? It's what we do with that disappointment. Well, we'll have to talk about that in another podcast episode. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Your today's focus, disappointment for Friday, January the 6th, 2023.